0: So I'm going to kind of take you through a, what, what I, this is just the way my mind works, okay? So if you're ever wondering why I have a certain style of preaching as far as the way that God's called me to preach, everybody preaches different ways. Um, but um, Rick Warren, I believe it was, the guy who um, wrote The Purpose Driven Life, he, he once um, uh, discovered through a, through a um, study that the number one selling books are how-to books. Okay, the number one selling books are how-to. It could have been on how to make cupcakes. I would need that, Miss Ruby, Um, or or, some of you. You know, you think this is foolish. I might need to read how to how to build a fire, without having to call your wife and say, "How'd you stack those things again?" Um, But you know, you you need a how-to directive when you don't know how to do something. And so I believe that that um, many people do not know how to get into. The Christmas uh, spirit, and maybe you do, but maybe you've forgotten. So I want to share with you these five things. Number one, if you got your worship guide, please follow along. Number one, you have to choose to believe the Christmas story. You have to choose to believe the Christmas story. The Christmas story is more than just a, a bedtime story, it's more than just another cute uh, fairy tale written. It's, it's more than, than even a manger scene, even though these are, and when they're looked at right, are symbolic of reminding us the reason for the season. The Christmas story, it is about a baby named Jesus who changed the world and who can change your life if you let him. Experiencing what God has for us, I want you to write this down, it always starts by faith, okay? It always starts by faith. In fact, the scripture says that faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. None of us could stand on any faith if we had not got the revelation of God's Word. That's why God's Word is so important. That's why it's so important that, that, that I always use at least the Scripture necessary um, so that you understand that this is Jesus' plan, this is God's Word, uh, this is God's directive, this is God's promise, not my opinion. All that a person can do when it comes to God's Word is this. Either you choose to reject it or you choose to believe it. In fact, I, I believe this, I cannot truly lead someone to faith as long as they choose to not have faith. I cannot make someone accept the gospel of Jesus Christ if they're not willing to accept where we got the gospel from, which is the word of God that has and will stand the test of time. Now there's two places in scripture, in case you want to write these down, where you can find the story of Jesus' birth. One is the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. Many people, that's what they read. Uh, that's what is read um, uh, by usually one of, of, of uh, the grandchildren at, at my um, mom's house on Christmas Eve. Uh, Luke, chapter 2, is the, is the Christmas story. It's a little more extensive. It, it talks a lot more details. But also, there's the gospel of Matthew chapter 1. And I want us to look together today at the heart of the Christmas story, just Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. In case you're looking for a mini version to to share at your your Christmas gathering. Verse 18 says, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. It's very important you understand that, that Mary and Joseph were not married yet. So before the marriage took place, she was still a virgin. She became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man. He did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he had already decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid, to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Now imagine anybody telling you that. Verse 21 says, and she will have a son. And you were to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. I want you to look back at that. Verse 21, it says exactly why Jesus was sent. She will have a son, you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The number one reason that Jesus came was to save his people, people like you and me, from our sins. Verse 23 says, look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and and took Mary as his wife, but he did not have relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. To get into the Christmas spirit, you don't just need to read the Christmas story. You need to believe the Christmas story, because until it becomes something that you believe, it's just something that you read. Christmas is about a baby boy named Jesus, God's only son, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of a virgin named Mary. He was God's greatest gift of love sent down from heaven to die for your sins and my sins. Listen, the moment that Jesus was born into this world, eternal hope was born into the world for all mankind. But secondly, to find the Christmas spirit, you have to decide to trust Jesus to save you. You must decide, this is a personal thing, to trust Jesus to save you. To find the Christmas spirit, you can't just expect the Lord to take over your life if you don't surrender your life to him. Uh, God does not force himself on us. It's been said before that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. God does not force anyone. He gives us the option to choose Jesus or to choose our way. He gives us what what, um, many would say is is a free will. No one else can accept Jesus Christ for you. A mom, a dad, a grandparent, a friend, whoever, a pastor. It's just like if I do a funeral. um, I can't preach anybody into heaven. Never have, never would. And and, in fact, sometimes if I'm doing the the, uh, a funeral of someone that, from all things that I know and I've been told, uh, does not seem to be a true believer in Jesus Christ. Um, all I can say is things such as this. If he or if she has trusted Jesus as a personal Savior and Lord, then this is how we can celebrate. You see, you can't personally celebrate the significance of Christmas for anyone. And until you choose to trust Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you can't personally have the spirit of Christmas in you. I want you to think about this. How can you celebrate something that you have not yet realized changed you? How can you celebrate Christmas when you aren't a Christian? You can celebrate the holiday, but you can't have Christ in you. You can't have The hope that only comes from Christ. Here's the invitation that we all need to hear this Christmas. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ in a nutshell in just three verses. John chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. First of all, you can stop right there. The grace of God is for everybody. The gift of Jesus is for everybody. Jesus died for everybody. When he was on the cross, you were on his mind. There there is no such thing as unforgivable or unsavable. God sent his son Jesus for everybody so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. It says, verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but... Whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. You hear people say this. I've heard people say this often. How can a loving God send anybody to hell? He doesn't. He gives us all the option. We can either choose Jesus, which he said is the only way to heaven, or we choose by default where our sins deserve. Listen, many may celebrate the Christmas season, and and they may even reference Jesus But many have not yet received the gift of salvation, because the only way you can receive the gift of salvation is in Jesus, by grace, through faith, in Jesus' birth, death, and resurrection. Listen, the gift is there for every sinner, okay? If I gave you a gift right now, if I give you that gift, you can either choose to accept that gift or not, but unless you receive that gift, it's not your gift, You don't don't get to to experience whatever that gift is. You can't experience the Christmas spirit without inviting Jesus Christ into your heart to be your Savior and Lord. Listen, salvation is not about trusting in ourselves. It is about trusting in our Savior. There's plenty of times, I told you, I like to make up words. There's plenty of times I don't feel very Christian-y. Okay? Anybody else? uh, You you know, sometimes you just don't feel so Christian-y. Uh, it's best that you don't give somebody a piece of your mind at that moment. Um, I hear people often say that, that we're all children of God. And I want to stop you right there. No, we're not. No, we're not. We've all been created by God. We are all equally loved by God. But it is only through faith in Jesus Christ alone that we become spiritually born children of God. John 1 12 says, but all who believed him and accepted him, he gave them the right to become children of God. Listen, here's why Jesus's birth and and Christmas is worth celebrating for any true believer. Isaiah 53 6 and 7 says, all of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on Jesus the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. Listen, Jesus willingly gave up his life because of his great love for us. Jesus was sacrificed on a cross for our sins. He overcame death in the grave through his resurrection. Acts chapter four verse twelve tells us this: There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we might be saved. Don't fall for the um, the 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 the, the make belief that people are putting together that all religions lead to God. They do not. In fact, that's what separates Christianity from religions: is that Christianity is about a relationship with God through the person of Jesus Christ. Not, hey, you know what, I'm a part of just some religion. There's no other way to Jesus. No other way except through Jesus to heaven. Romans 10, 9 says, if you declare with your mouth, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. When you know that Jesus has saved your soul from hell, you have a reason to wake up every single day and thank God. You have a reason every single day to know that the best truly is yet to come. Because only in heaven will things be perfect, only in heaven will things all be whole. You truly have something to celebrate if you're a true believer in Jesus Christ. And when you're trying to share that with other people, you need to tell them, say, hey, you know what? You can have a reason to celebrate if. You find, or if you choose to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and as your Lord. But thirdly, to find the Christmas spirit, you have to seek to worship Jesus wholeheartedly. You have to seek to worship Jesus wholeheartedly. Now, you can have Jesus in your heart and not feel close to Jesus. You can be a, a true Um, you know, faith-based believer who believes wholeheartedly anything that we've already talked about, but yet not feel in the Christmas spirit. Many people, they decorate the outside, but they don't allow God to change the inside. Most people, they will worship tradition, the traditions of, of Christmas, but they don't seek Jesus. Because see, if we aren't careful, we get busy in the season. We don't worship more in the season. Sometimes Christmas and Easter is the busiest times for people instead of the most be still moments. Listen, you can't expect to feel close to Jesus and feel in the Christmas spirit when you aren't seeking to worship Jesus wholeheartedly. Our hearts are always either sort of close or very close or very distant. From God. Listen, more than anything, God wants your heartfelt worship. If you ask me, what does God want for you? Um, any second to only um, knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, your absolute heart. That's it, that's what He's asking for. He doesn't need all the things that He's given you, He doesn't need anything that you have for Him. He wants your heart. Because if he has your heart, he'll have your your life. And and Jesus, before you hear me say this often because it's the beginning of the commandments, Jesus said the greatest commandment of all commandments is is to love the Lord. That is to worship the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and seeking to feel God's closeness always begins by drawing close to God. It's not that God has moved away from you or that God has changed. Maybe you've changed. Maybe you've moved away from God. Maybe you aren't doing the things that you used to do or you have done before that you didn't even realize you were doing that brought the Christmas spirit into your life. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and you will will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. You, you, you can't sort of go at him. Listen, anything you pursue wholeheartedly, that's what you're going to reap. When you seek something wholeheartedly, when something has your, your heart. There were many people that came to Jesus' manger after his birth. Among those who, who came were, were three wise men that we find in Scripture. And, and these wise men, they were likely astrologists from miles and miles away in the east that, it, that, that studied the sun, the moon, the stars, and the planets. And these wise men had been following the star that would ultimately guide them to baby Jesus. In fact, these wise men traveled over 800 miles. They didn't have these things, fancy things we got nowadays called cars. 800 miles, not just to visit Jesus. I want you to hear me. This is the part I'm telling you. I feel like God's telling me to say to you. They didn't just go to visit Jesus, they came to worship Jesus. Some of you, you came to church to visit. Some of you came to church to worship. There's a major difference. When you walk into any church, I don't care what church, they could have the greatest music, they could have the greatest pastor, they could, the place could be on fire. But if you walk into the place and all you did was come to visit, that's all you'll get is a visit. But if you came for an encounter, you will receive an encounter if the Spirit of the Lord's there. By the way, how many of you traveled over 800 miles to church today? No use to lie. You know, next time somebody tells you, man, because uh, I, I was actually at a church. This will sound crazy to you. This will just show you how much the Lord can really work. I, I was at a church that I used to be at in Grapevine, Tec- Texas, that was a mega church. And, 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 and that, when I was serving at that church, what blew my mind one time was, um, was this man, this woman, and their two uh, teenagers uh, who had been faithful to the church um, for like at least five years. The church was only 10 years old, averaging 12,000, Okay. That was, their, their church is three times that size now, but that church, I would see all these people coming to know the Lord. I just saw so much stuff going on, but uh, the preacher's son in me still had to ask this, this man something, and I was like, listen, sir, I heard that not only on Sunday, but on Wednesday night when you bring these youth, that, that you and your family drive two and, a half mi- two and a half hours one way to church every week. I'm like, brother, let me break this down for you best way I know how. There's a lot of good churches right here in Texas. Why in the world would you do this? And he said, he just made it clear and and simple to me. He said, listen, because it's the only time that that me, my wife, and my kids are all excited to go where we're going, and we feel like we meet the Lord. And see, that, that taught me something, and that is, you know, whenever you are truly, when you believe that something is bringing you closer to Jesus, there is no excuse There is no excuse. There is no barrier. You know, it's like I hate to equate it to football, fellas, because y'all know I'm a football fan. But why in the world would a Green Bay Packer fan, whether the teams win or lose, put a cheese head, put a cheese on the head, snow dripping off your face? At that point, my lazy boy's feeling really good. Why do you do that? Because they're a fool for the Packers. When you become a fool for the Savior, You'll put the same energy into seeking him and worshiping him as you will anything else that you might be enthused about. And I wasn't even in my message. Where did that stuff come from? Here's the biblical account of this event of hearing the wise men pursue to worship Jesus. Matthew 12, verses 1 and 2 and verse 11 says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of of King Herod. And about that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. They made it clear their agenda was not to just say, hey, get a t-shirt, said, hey, I saw Jesus, but I'm coming to worship Jesus. Verse 11 says, They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary. And they bowed down and they worshiped him. And then they opened up their treasure chest and they gave him the best that they had to offer. And that was gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Listen, the only way you can find the spirit of Christmas is through wholeheartedly seeking to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just on a Sunday, but every day. Listen, see, if you, if you only worship him on a Sunday, you'll only feel him on a Sunday. But if you seek him Monday through Sunday, then you'll begin to see him translate into all parts of your life. But fourthly, to find the Christmas spirit, you have to let the Holy Spirit take over. You have to let the Holy Spirit take over. <clears throat> now, if you grew up conservative Baptist like I did, you go and listen, my Lord, am I in a non-denominational church? They're talking about that spirit. But I want you to hear me. Any true child of God has not only been given the gift of eternal life in heaven, but every believer, if they're a true believer in Jesus Christ, God has filled you, God has given to you his promised Holy Spirit. Jesus promised his earliest disciples before he ever went to the cross. Hey, he said, hey, don't freak out about the fact that I'm going to be leaving you physically and going back to heaven physically because I'm going to send my spirit to you. To those who believe. John 7, 38 and 39, Jesus said, anyone who believes in me may come and drink for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And when Jesus said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. If somebody tells me that they don't have the spirit of God living in them, then I'm going to tell them, then you don't have God living within you. Listen, you can have the Spirit of God and feel His presence and still not, again, feel the best, not have everything going perfect. Listen, Jesus has promised to pour into every believer this living water, this this difference maker called the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that empowers us and enables us to be filled with God's presence. You know why God is with us as believers? Because the Spirit of God lives within us as believers. Therefore, we have God's presence, we have his peace, we have his joy, we have his love. Look at what the scripture says in Galatians 5, through 25 about the Holy Spirit that lives within you. Here's what's in you that might need to be rekindled. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit, the result of his presence within us is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I like that last one. The only thing, I don't know about you, the only things that's kept me from not joining a whole society and going hillbilly deluxe to pick up trucks was the Spirit of God. You better thank Him. It's the only reason I have not wrecked myself. Okay? Maybe you're stronger than me, but, I mean, listen, there's been enough things, enough people in any, any situations to, to just light you up in your life. And, 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 listen, but it's the Spirit of God that grounds you. He stabilizes you. Do you know why God's Spirit won't be found in many homes this Christmas? Because unless the Spirit of God is filling the heart, it is not going to be found in the room. There will always be a lack of joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, and love when the Spirit of God is not in you and pouring through you. Listen, the Spirit of Christmas is found when the Holy Spirit consumes you and when the Holy Spirit is leading you. Verse 24, Galatians 5 says, those who belong to Christ Jesus, they have nailed the passions and the desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Sometimes the one thing that you just need to do to get back into the Christmas spirit is to get back in step with the Spirit of God and let the Spirit of God lead you just like he led the wise men. Listen, watching Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer and frosted a snowman may make it feel like to me and you that the Christmas season is upon us. But only the the Holy Spirit in our hearts, in our lives, can usher into our hearts the Spirit of Christmas. And by the way, if in your family gatherings you're one of the few people who know Christ, if you're one of the few people who have the Spirit of God living within you, don't expect the other people to be Spirit-led. Let the Spirit of God pour out of you. Ask God to give you some boldness about just letting it be known what the season is all about. Listen, it's through the Holy Spirit that you can have the, the Christmas spirit every day that you wake up. That's the beauty of it. I'm not talking about, oh, well, let's wait till Christmas Day so we can have the Christmas spirit. It, it, it's, you probably are going to miss it that day because it gets too, too busy exchanging gifts and, 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 and eating good food and all that stuff. Listen, the Bible tells us over and over again in in the Word. Let the Holy Spirit take over. Let your every step be led, not just by the Word of God, but the Spirit of God. Because it's the Spirit that is the motor of God within you that empowers you to, to walk through things other people can't walk through, to have peace when other people wouldn't have peace, and to have joy when other people wouldn't have joy. But last but not least, number five, to find the Christmas spirit. And this one's just as big as all the rest. At the same time, you can't get to this one except to to be towards the others. And that is you have to make sure that you keep sharing the joy. You have to keep sharing the joy. This Christmas, many ponder, what can they get? And Jesus is saying, I need you to ponder what you can give. Most people spend too much time giving gifts that won't last instead of ever sharing the only gift that will last. By the way, you can't can't share joy if you don't have joy. You can't find joy anywhere else except for Jesus Christ. Our first thing, if somebody's going through a very difficult time, shouldn't be, hey, you you need to see a psychiatrist, and you need to get this medication, and you need this and that. All of those things may be true. But apart from Jesus, you're going to still be sucking air. Apart from Jesus, you cannot have this lasting peace, this lasting joy, and you can't have the promise that, hey, think about this when you're you're hesitant to share your faith with somebody. You're sharing something with someone that is a gift that not only will keep giving in this life, but it gives promise to the next life. Why should we be bashful to share our faith with other people? We should be more afraid that someone might go to hell because we didn't share the joy. That's why we don't, we don't apologize around here that our primary mission, it is and it always will be as long as I'm pastor here and as long as others who believe in this vision uh, are here. And that is, listen, we want to make sure that men, women, boys, and girls don't die and go to hell because we didn't do something. By the way, somebody introduced you to Jesus. You wouldn't know him whether that's family, whether that's friends, whether that's church, whether that's a minister, whatever. It, 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 listen, Jesus Jesus is the reason we rejoice. You have to have the joy. In the Christmas spirit, it is not only about having the joy, but it's about sharing the joy. Let's look at what some shepherds did after they discovered Jesus at his birth. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 20. I'm just reading some select scriptures out of it. It says, That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born in Bethlehem, in the city of David. And you will recognize him By this sign, you will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. But then look what they did. Verse 17 says, After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what is happening and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as as the angel had told them. What happened to the shepherds was this. They now not only became believers, they became followers, and they became worshipers, but they also became witnesses. Listen, it doesn't matter how much you know about Jesus Christ. Your responsibility is to share what you do know with others who don't know. You're, you're, in a, you're a witness. That's, that's, I still believe that's the number one reason that we're left here after we find Jesus Christ. What reason would God have to leave you here on earth if he didn't still have a purpose for you? And that purpose at the greatest is to bring glory and honor to the God who created you, to fulfill his plan for you. And a part of that plan is to lead people to Jesus Christ, is to share that joy. Listen the lowly shepherds. They didn't just find joy in Christ, but they, they shared joy with others and pointed others to Christ. Listen, don't point other people. I've had to learn this in 30 plus years of ministry, that my job is not to point people to Craig. My job is to point people to Christ. Listen, when you believe Jesus can save anyone's soul, you can't wait to share that joy with someone who has that need. Listen, the joy of Christ is not meant to be kept to yourself only. You will not have, I want you to hear this, you will never have full joy if you don't become a a life of giving and sharing joy with others. You will not have full joy. The joy is in the giving, by the way. The joy is in in saying, well, God got to use me today because I let him. I yielded to him. Listen, when we aren't actively sharing the joy, we will never have full joy. Sometimes the very thing that has to be activated in you and me Me and my youngest son has found this true many, many a time. It is when you're on that mission to go do something for somebody that they can't do for themselves, or to do something to try to bring a smile to someone's face, or to do something that the Lord just in general has put on your heart, that the joy of Christ, all of a sudden, it begins to fill your hearts because your heart of selfishness is dissolving, and the heart of Christ is resolving the problem within you. Today, if you're hoping to find the Christmas spirit Believe in the Christmas story. Trust Jesus as your Savior. Seek to worship Jesus wholeheartedly. Let the Holy Spirit take over and lead your life. And keep sharing the joy of Christ with everyone that you encounter. Because when you lose sight of God's purpose, you, you lose a sense of God's plans. And you don't have God's joy. Would you pray with me today? Dear Heavenly Father, God, right now, Lord, I pray throughout this place for everyone listening right now Lord that that they would feel your love and Lord they would feel your presence and be filled with your spirit God I pray if there's anyone listening that has not yet asked Jesus Christ in their heart today I pray that they would admit their sins they would believe in you Jesus God's son that you died on the cross for their sins You were buried and you rose the third day. Lord, you overcame sin and the grave for them. And Lord, you tell us by grace through faith in your son Jesus Christ alone, we will be saved. We will be forgiven. We will be destined for heaven. We will have the spirit of God come to live within our lives. We will have a reason to wake up each day of our lives. God, I pray for that person that Lord today that just nothing really is easy right now in their life. Lord, nothing feels good right now. Lord, I pray that they would know that regardless of whether things feel good, that you still are good. Lord, help us to, to know, Lord, that it is only through Jesus Christ that we can have the fullness of your joy in our lives. God, help us to, to, to seek you with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with us today?